welcome to another episode of Breaking the Capsule. Here we open the capsule on several health conditions and concerns that may help you gain knowledge to better your well-being. How's it going, Nan? Yeah, not bad. Um, just another day. Long weekend nice. this week, though. Oh, yeah? I got four days off, so it's going to do quite a lot of things. Nice, nice. We'll be making hot pot on Monday night. Delicious. Yep. Yeah. Need to buy some Wang Yu beef. Wang Yu. <laughs> Um, how's things at, uh, with the coronavirus? Yeah, are you still getting people coming in for masks and hand sanitizers? Yeah, we, yeah. we got quite a bit of stock. Just okay. came in, not bad. Nice. Yeah, but I'm I, still out. <laughs> but I, because you know why? Because you're right. in Perth City. I'm in Mandra, so mm. very far away. Like, Further too away. far for people to come to get it anyway. Mm. But yeah, I grabbed some and then I s- sent it to my parents. Nice, nice. Because very, very hard to get it in Vietnam, right? Oh, and yeah. then it's actually cost a lot to get them. Oh, like, they jacked up the prices. Yeah, because oh. like, um, how much here? Two dollars, three dollars yeah. for a small bottle, and then plus shipping fee. Yeah. I don't know, five dollars top. Yeah. Per bottle. If you convert it there, it's about eighty thousand oh. Viet currency. Okay. But in there they're selling for like 200 300,000 easily so that's like yeah. triple the triple price, price. Oh. and that's you buy domestically so that's just no crazy. shipping and oh. yeah and then mass as well jack up the price mm. I mean here they also jack up the price but yeah. there it's crazy and you don't know what's the quality like there. quality yeah that's right oh. um, so in it's been we've done 20 episodes yep. and we have actually received a lot of questions from our listener so we decided today that we are going to answer some of them in on the podcast. Also a good way to let other people, you know, improve their knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have contacted people and answered them in private, but uh, they give us a consent to uh, mention this question on our podcast. Yep. Um, how does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Let's get okay. into it. So the first question is from Simon. Hi guys, uh, first time poster, long time listener. <laughs> time listener. Yeah. Um, I'm Asian, as you can see from my last name, um, and I always get this Asian glow every time I drink alcohol. Um, and I normally take Zantac to help with the Asian glow, but because it's out of stock now, so I don't drink as much alcohol <laughs> because I get quite red and all this problem with alcohol. Um, my question is, how does Zantac help with the Asian glow? Which Good is question. a pretty common mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Do you get red when you drink alcohol? No, I just get really hyper. I see. Yeah. What about you? Uh, not really. I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, I think it's my family thing because my dad doesn't get red. Oh, I okay. don't get red. My mom doesn't get red. My sister doesn't. Literally okay. nobody no. in my actually there's one uncle who get red but that's yeah. about it everyone else is just it's normal. okay yeah we are like mm. that what 1% of Asian people that don't get these problems nice nice yeah so um, do you know why we get the Asian glow no okay what? so in uh, in your body there this enzyme is called uh, acetaldehyde um, dehydrogenase which mm. converts alcohol into acetaldehyde which is a tox like a toxin, a toxin, which is can be quite dangerous. Uh, but then, 
quickly there is another um, enzyme called ALDH2 which come come in quickly and metabolize this toxin and turn it into a less harmful substance called acetate so people who flush or have uh, you know all these weird reaction to alcohol uh, they they have a variant in their enzymes the ALDH2 that cause them to metabolize alcohol up to 100 times faster or doesn't uh, metabolize them at all so basically uh, Asians and a few other race whose gene pool contains a mutant or altered form of the ALDH2 gene so the toxic acetaldehyde isn't broken down as quickly so it hang around, accumulate in your livers and the body and resulting in what is known as an Asian glow so Zantac, which I think we mentioned in one of our podcasts, the yeah. um, reflux medication, um, is a H2 antagonist, uh, which is which is considered as an antihistamine. So you can also use some other antihistamine as well to help with these uh, problems. So what they do is they increase acetaldehyde, stimulate. Um, sorry, the heart increase in acetaldehyde stimulate the release of histamine. Mm-hmm. So when you take this antihistamine, is block the release of this histamine or block the um, effect of increase in the histamine being released so um, one of the effects when histamine being released is to dilation of blood vessel that's why you see the redness in your face uh, so that's why you get reddening on your skin okay. so um, lucky you don't have to experience that yeah I must have the pretty strong enzyme <laughs> I don't know yeah, I think we learned this back in second year. Second year, when yeah. We, uh, when our lecturers talk about it, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Okay, so let's move on to the second question. Alrighty, so here we've got Jess, and she's asked, I'm a migraine sufferer, and there's a new injection called Aimovig, which really helps, but it's really expensive. So why can't the government subsidize it? Have you done much Aimovig? Uh only here and there, not too commonly. What yeah. about you? Yeah, we got uh, one regular on one regular. Week. Okay. And then there's a new one just came out, which is work sort of similar. It's the same class mm. as Amovic, a bit cheaper though. Because okay. Amovic, what's the price now? Is it 600 four, 400 or four. 600 something like that? Yeah. Every month? Yeah. This new one is only 280 a month. Oh, okay. So it cuts it down. Cuts quite it a down. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. But then the company actually gives them free stuff at the first few months, so it's not... Oh, like free good. injections? Or? Yeah, so oh. it's, a, it's a program. Yeah. So I think the first three injections are free. Mm. Okay. And then after that, you have to pay. Okay. But that you save quite a bit of money. Yeah, already, if it's like almost half price. Yeah. Okay, so Amovic, so that's what's got something called Erinumab. So, okay, basically when there's a new drug to be approved in Australia. I'm not too sure about I'm sure there'll be other committees in different countries, but um, for Australia, it needs to be assessed for safety. And this is done by a group called the Australian Drug Evaluation Committee, also known as ADEC. And so they review the drugs for the listings for the TGA, which is the Therapeutic Goods Administration. So sponsors, usually like pharmaceutical companies, will give them information about the drug so that they can use that to evaluate safety and uh, efficacy as well 
and then they can apply to have their drugs subsidized by the government through the PBS, uh, Pharmaceutical Benefit Scheme, which we spoke about in our previous podcast as well. Um, so basically it makes it more affordable for patients and then also increases the market for it as well. Um, unfortunately, not all medications are subsidized, but um, there is a vast majority which are quite commonly used. So luckily they're all um, subsidized. Yep. Um, so to be on the PBS, the drug must be assessed by the Pharmaceutical Benefits Advisory Committee for effectiveness and cost effectiveness. And then the government must also agree to fund it. So there's also depends, I guess, who's in power at the moment. Yeah, it's not easy. Well, nobody wants to give up money. Yeah, so it's depending yeah. on budget and that's right. what they've got. Yeah, and well, and then they're trying to cut tax and stuff as well. So yes. I don't know. Might not have enough money. Yeah, I don't know what to deal with. Um. So yeah, until early 2011, if the PBAC recommended a medicine. The health minister approved it for PBS listing. Um, the only medicines that cost more than $10 million a year had to go through a cabinet for approval, and only two drugs, which is Viagra and the nicotine patches, have ever actually been rejected by the cabinet after a positive PBAC recommendation. Yeah. But then after that, in Feb 2011, mm-hmm. the health minister announced that all of PBAC recommendation would now need to be reviewed by the cabinet anyway. Yeah. So that's why things start to get delayed longer and longer, yeah. uh, from like seven months to seventeen months, and then just get longer. longer. Yeah. Another problem with it is the cost to get to put in the application is quite high as well. I think at the start you have to pay a fee of nineteen thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. for submission so because you have to factor in the into your R&D cost so that's a lot of money and then you see the marketing it a lot of things so that's why some companies just don't want to spend that much money and then they do all these program where they give incentives straight to the pharmacy for example yeah. so they so they can give to the patient or they just give the patient for free and then just get their get them in to pay for the cost um, so yeah, that's why it takes so long for that to be approved now. I heard that Amovic has been putting submission in. I'm not sure. This is what I heard. Yeah, so they're in the process of trying to get it subsidized, but yeah. that could be also due to the um, that new drug that you're talking about. Yeah, to try and compete to make sure that because obviously if something's like half the price, it's like you'd rather go for that if it's working just as well. Yeah, that's right. There's no no need to spend so much money. Mm. Okay, so um, thanks, Jess, for that question. Uh, next question is from David. This is one of very sort of very popular question. I've seen this in pharmacy, outside pharmacy, online, anywhere. Is generic medicine any good? Mm. Yes. Is very it good? common question. Do you take generic medication? Uh, well don't really take medications but if i were to get like paracetamol or something just usually pharmacy brand yeah i, I don't see any problems i get the same pain relief yeah but yeah i mean the panadol brand is sort of coated Co- so yeah that's quite nice <laughs> the panamax brand is pretty gross because just powdery yeah. but i like the uh, parapain brand parapain parapain is an alpha farm brand oh okay okay yeah, yeah. It, it's tastes much better compared mm. to the paramax 
and I would ibuprofen majority of them are good but none of them are sugar coated like the neurofin neurofin mm. yeah that's always a bit tasty yeah but I mean I save money so yeah I, I can just sprinkle sugars on top oh, yes. something you could do very healthy yeah so generic medication what is that so before we actually talk about generic medication we need to talk about the pattern for the mm. medicine so you know from the previous question we can see that this is so expensive to research the drugs to make the drugs to apply for approval to be listing in the country uh and you know how there's like few clinical trials until you can actually release it release so it, yeah. it just costs a lot of money so the company want well company don't want to run on a loss clearly mm-hmm. so they have to put a price on the medication and they normally the pattern is protect them from t- for about 20 years so that no other company can cop- copy the, or mm-hmm. make it the same formula so that they have that amount of time to get their money and make a profit from that medication so that's why you sort of see i mean more and more generic company coming mm. up now because it's cheaper they don't have to spend so much money into r&d uh, but some big big firm like Pfizer, CSL, mm. they still do it. Still do it. Yeah, yeah. love CSL though. <laughs> um, so generic medication is an additional brand of an existing medicine. So it's contain the same active ingredient, uh, the chemical that make the medicine work as the existing medicines. Apart from the containing the same active ingredient, generic brand also have to be bio equivalent to that that is if you take the same dose of a generic medicine as an existing medicine the same amount of active ingredient is absorbed by your body over the same period of time uh so normally the in order to prove the bioequivalency they have to do a bioavailability study in which volunteer like healthy people like us are given the original medicine on a separate day uh the generic medicines blood sample are taken at different times and the rate and extent of absorption of active ingredients in the blood is compared between the two mm. uh, medications. Uh, the generic medications have to meet the same standard of quality, safety, and effectiveness as the origin brand in order to be approved by the TGA in Australia. So that's something you can guarantee for guarantee. sure. Yeah. Uh, even though they work the same and have the same active ingredients, generic medications may not look the same as the original medicine. So, uh, because they might have different uh, inactive ingredients or excipients, uh, as well as um, fillers and things like that. So, or preservative also difference as well. Um, so, inactive ingredients provide colors, taste. Um, also make different shape and size as well mm. from the original medicine so that's why it might look a bit different it can be quite confusing for the patient mm. especially people who are have trouble with their memories or they're Taking on a lots. lot of medication yeah. like the other day because we just changed a generic brand so mm. a lot of people we, i have been dealing with a lot of explanations on mm. what is this and what is this for things yeah. like that yeah because if they're basing it on what it looks like and that's when they take it they need to know that oh this is replacing that that's right and um but 
has anyone come into your pharmacy and say, yeah, generic doesn't work for me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot. You, you know what I sometimes reply to them? What? If, if generic medicine doesn't work, hmm. then there'll be a lot of pregnant girls in Australia. Ooh. Because there's okay. people taking generic contraceptive pill. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, then you should see like a lot of... Population boom. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, could be placebo, could be anything. Yeah. Can't say. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So we got a question from Linda. And so she's asked, I have a script for doxycycline for my chest infection from six months ago. Um, why does the pharmacist refuse to dispense it when I have similar symptoms? So I think we also spoke about this in, was it last week's or the weeks before? Um, so basically, you might have similar symptoms, but if it hasn't been assessed by a health professional mainly like a doctor or, or someone of that standard, um, it might not exactly be the same thing. So that way, if you take your antibiotic that you had six months ago, um, there's a chance that it might not actually work and you might contribute towards something called antibiotic resistance. Do you remember learning about that? In, oh, yeah. I still have the shirt. Still have the shirt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did a video as well for it. Oh, yeah. For, well, was well, it NPS? Well, yeah. Uh yes, I'll I'll put that into the show notes mm-hmm. so oh, you can yeah. have a look. Can have a look. Vote for us again. <laughs> My win. I still can't believe we didn't win. Yeah. Do you remember? Did you see the one that did win? The yeah, it's thirty five seconds. Thirty five. And the very quick. The TNC is thirty seconds or less. Oh yeah, it was. That was the criteria. How <laughs> how is that possible? That is so unfair. <laughs> If you're listening, NPS. This is wrong. With like a review, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm still pissed until this day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because they even told us like what we made it to the final. We are shortlisted. Final? Shortlisted. Oh, okay. I think we get shown on the screen. Oh, in in that outdoor cinema thingy that oh, was showing yeah. too. But that's how far we got. Oh, that's right. about it. Well, we'll have to enter the next one and definitely okay. win. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the next question is from. Uh, Anonymous source. Mm. Uh, why do I have to keep giving my driver license to get cold and flu tablets? This yep. is also a common, common question. question yes. It's not uncommon, especially people from overseas also have to uh, ask yep. that question a lot because you can get pseudoephedrines everywhere like, yeah. Yeah, easily. Uh, but yeah, we get this question a lot. So Breaking Bad, Yes. how about that? But watch Breaking Bad and there's you, your answer. You will know, but... In in simple terms, so in cold and flu medication, there's this ingredient called pseudoephedrine, which can be used by Jesse Ping and Walter White mm. to make methamphetamine. And if you have a white van, uh, RV, RV, yeah, you yeah. know what it feel like. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't know how to do it. To make crystal meth. Yeah, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably advise against YouTubing it or Googling. Yeah, I don't know. It might might get caught by the uh, federal police force, uh, or you could you could just watch uh, Breaking Bad and just mm. work it from there. Um, not that we're uh, <laughs> pushing for people to do this, but yeah, yeah, not encouraging. Uh, so because of that, um, the government uh, decided that they need to monitor the sale for pseudoephedrine. So if someone who buy a lot of it. Mm. Could could be cl- clinically Clinic. ne- needed, but 
could be for other reason. Uh, so they have a record, and then they can see who buy a lot of it, and they can follow it up in case it's actually people who buy it for yeah. the purpose of making methamphetamine. Um, so what do we see on, like, but basically when, when you got the driver license, you key in the detail, you can sort of see the history of the sale as well, uh, how frequent, where they get it, and things like that. So it's pretty good history recording. Yeah, and that way um, it also leads into the other reason more for, I guess, the health side is if you're using it, like, very frequently, then it could be something that's not actually working or there could be something like an underlying condition yep. that you're sort of just trying to treat the symptoms but not the actual condition. So there is the other half that they can also, the pharmacist or whoever can also check that yeah. there's something else at play possibly, but mainly the crystal meth thing. Because <laughs> think about it, because if you, on cold and flu tablets, like, I mean, this is, let's say you actually are sick, like mm. really sick, but you have to take cold flu tablet for two weeks in a row. Yeah. Clearly, there's something there. Yeah, might so be chest infection. So yeah, just gotta check it out. So, make sure to check that with your doctor or other health professional before you use your six-month-old antibiotic script. <laughs> uh, okay. So the next question: um, Why was codeine being put into prescriptions, and oh, yes. have anything changed since the push for it? to be on the prescriptions so the reason why codeine is uh, has to be pushed on prescription because in the past you can buy codeine over the counter yep. in like in terms of some painkillers so you got uh, panadine mm. panadine extra it was up to 15 milligrams 15 milligrams yeah. yeah so i think one is uh, 8 milligram and the yeah, other yeah. one is uh, 15 milligram 15. codeine so to be honest uh, amongst all of the developed country, Australia is the only country that have codeine over the counters. Every mm. every other country that have it on prescription script. Mm. Uh, so because of that, it's quite easy to get access to it. People tend to overuse it, and you yeah. know, overuse of opioid codeine is opioid. So if you o- overuse opioid a lot, it can cause like tolerance of medications. Mm. A lot of people use it to, uh, for not medical medically purpose so that's why and there's a lot of opioid overdose cases as well so that's yeah. why the government decided to push coding on prescription i'm not sure if you guys were doing it but i remember during my intern year we were also it was kind of like the pseudoephedrine like we were recording the coding sales because that was one way we could try and sort of stop it from going on to script so that we could show that we're monitoring the coding um output as well but it still ended up going on script which to be honest is probably a good thing because then that way you can only use it like as you need it and like you said it doesn't cause any extra effects like death basically yeah Yeah. i mean we did it but the thing is not compulsory for every pharmacy Mm -hmm. so like sort of defeat the purpose because they are okay this pharmacy doesn't do it i'll just go go and buy 10 boxes for now yeah there's no problems with it uh, but yeah, since the since the move to prescriptions, um, we I mean we sort of see less coding prescriptions, mm. but we also see a few more of high quantity uh, of paracetamol coding oh, paracetamol. forte, yeah. like the thirty milligram coding, like sometimes get two hundred tablets, hundred tablets mm. at one thing, so that 
But I mean, we at least we have a record there, so yeah. we can see how frequent they get it, or we can say like, oh, it's not, it's too early, we can't supply things like that. Yeah. So a little bit more monitoring, mm-hmm. um, and also since the move, I think the. Pers- uh, the amount of cases of opioid overdose has decreased as well so I mean that's a good thing yeah but did you have you watched the pharmacist documentary no I haven't got to it yet but yeah you are telling me it was about opioid yeah um, uh, overdose. opioid overdose and things like that like you ban one thing they'll mm. move to another thing so you know can keep everyone happy yeah it's yeah. gonna be an endless cycle yeah Okay, so the last question for today. Alrighty, so basically just an update by the looks of it, just on what to do with flu and COVID. Yeah, because the flu season is coming in Australia. Yeah. And uh, COVID-19 still, still pretty around. big. <laughs> yeah. So um, this question from Andre. Um what should I do when the flu season is coming and with the COVID-19 still flowing around, is it going to be deadlier than previous years? Mm. What do you think, Ishan? Well, definitely we would recommend increasing your immunity because you know, there's basically two different strains out there that are pretty big. Um, definitely recommend take, getting your flu shots this year. Um, ideally, not as soon as they come out if it's because have you guys got um a date as to when it's coming out the flu um, vaccinations they told me end of march end of march i yeah. think that's when it is but just yeah yeah ideally have it like end of april start yeah. of may so then it covers basically the duration of winter um but yeah like we said with the covid19 hand hygiene's your best friend and having immune boosters and stuff just to make sure that even because not all of the COVID-19 cases are fatal. Yeah. It it does range, but based on your immune system and other comorbidities and like your age, like if you're whether like middle-aged, old or like young and healthy, it can affect you depending on those. Because if you can see like most of the like case of uh, death in COVID-19, they're either really old mm. or really young or yeah. people with some other problems. Yeah. Healthy people normally just recover after a while. Yeah. But have you seen that, you know how we always say COVID-19, the the period is 14 days, incubation? Yeah, 14 days, yeah. There's some cases that they get it after the 14 days. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I could be mutating. Yeah. You never know. Um, but that, yeah. That's the interesting thing about, like, like even the flu um, as well, like how that mutates every year so it's like nature's trying to increase some sort of challenge each year yeah well that but uh, i mean all the company are racing to it to mm. get the cure or vaccine for the make for the problem so yeah shouldn't be a problems um i think that's quite long for today oh is it yeah it's uh we reached almost half an hour mark okay. so it's pretty good so we'll stop the q a for this, uh this month here so since we always get a lot of questions, we might be planning to do this on a monthly yeah. basis. So, oh, yeah. you know, uh, get up to date with the uh, medical news around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you have any questions, please email us at contact at breakingthecapsule.com 
or just follow us on our social um, and we'll see you guys next week alright see you then bye All of the information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have any questions, please see your healthcare professional.